He's the God of hope. And if you could just grab that into your heart today, if you could just take that with you throughout this week, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through in your life, whatever trial that you have going on, whatever that secret thing is in your life that you don't know how you're going to deal with it, whatever that thing is that's been holding on to you, felt like it's had its grips on you, he's the God of hope. He is the God of hope. I want you to get that today. I want you to understand it. Man, I am so glad that you're here. Welcome back to part four of our series, Tempted. If you're just joining it with us, for the last several weeks, we've been talking about how the power of the Holy Spirit can transform our lives and give us the power and the strength to overcome temptation, to overcome addictions, to see our lives turn around and become different, that he could bring that hope into our lives. Now, if we're going to be honest, then probably all of us would have to admit that we all struggle with different things in our life. And it could be different for each and every one of us, but all of us struggle or battle with some unwanted behavior. Uh, many times it's something that's plagued us maybe all of our life, or maybe it's even been generations in our family. And so the key verse that we're looking at in this whole series has been a, a verse that, to me, really kind of gathers this idea of hope. It, it's so full of faith. And, and Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. In other words, we're all tempted. To be human is to be tempted. He says, but God is what? Everybody, somebody say it out loud with me. Our God is faithful. He's faithful. Our God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. What an amazing promise. Our God is faithful. Even when your faith is not there, even when you are faithless, even when your faith is not strong, our God is faithful. He will never, 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 never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, not if you're tempted, not if it should happen to you. No, it's going to happen. You're going to be tempted. Jesus was tempted just in the same ways that we are. You're going to be tempted. So when you are tempted, what will he give you? Our God will provide a way out so that you can endure it. No matter what you're facing, no matter how much it feels like the claws have been set into you, our God will give you a way out so that you can do it. Our God is faithful. He will always give you a way out of temptation. You know, at the beginning of last year, uh, as 2018 was starting, I had set some pretty uh, big goals. I, I try to do that every year as we start the year. But one of the goals that I set for myself in 2018 was I wanted to walk a half marathon by the end of the year. Uh, now, some of the goals, you know, sometimes I'll hit them, sometimes I won't. But you won't hit any of the goals. That, what's, what's the Gretzky say? You can't hit any of the goals that you don't take, the shots you don't take. So I, I, I said, I'm going to try and do several of these things. I've got most of my goals done that year. But uh, the, the one that I was a little nervous about was this idea of walking a half marathon. Because when I set this goal up, I was about 30 pounds heavier than I am right now and, and really out of shape. And so I thought, this is going to be kind of difficult. But I said, I want to do one by the end of the year. So I found a half marathon that was in November of last year that, that I thought, okay, this will be good. It gives me to the end of the year. And uh, it was for human trafficking, so it's a great cause. That would give me a little bit of extra motivation. So I started walking. I started eating right and things like that. Now, again, 
you know, I, I started trying to get ready. But the thing was coming in November. How many of you know when you set a goal for something big, that goal always comes way faster than you're imagining? You know? and so November came around, and I'm thinking, I am nowhere near ready for this. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was thinking, man, what am I going to do? Uh, but, you know, it got here, and fortunately, my friend Mark Kabazinski, where's Mark at? There he is, right there. Mark said, you know, hey, man, no worries, I'll, I'll go with you. And Mark had run several uh, half marathons already, so I thought, well, that's good to have somebody along that will kind of encourage me. And so uh, the day of the race, I was a little nervous. I was thinking, you know, I'm not ready for this. But we got off to a good start. We were making pretty good time at the beginning. But somewhere around the halfway point, I started wearing out. Now, the halfway point of a half marathon is somewhere around six and a half miles, something like that. Now, I had walked up to eight miles previous to this and felt pretty good afterwards, so I was kind of surprised. I was already feeling, you know, kind of tough at this point, but, you know, I was, it, it was kind of there, and I was getting kind of, you know, I was thinking, man, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this, you know. By about the halfway point, you know, a little bit farther along, or just a little bit farther, I, you know, I was thinking, oh, man. And all of a sudden, this little voice inside of me says, it's okay, man. You gave it a try. You know, you don't have to do this. You, don't, you, 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 you gave it a good shot, you know. And so I'm thinking, you know, I think I'm just going to quit this thing. And I look over at Mark. He's walking and smiling and talking and, you know, doing his Mark thing, you know. And, and so I didn't want to wimp out. So I just kept kind of pushing on and that sort of thing, you know. And, and somewhere around the 12-mile mark, you know, my life began to flash in front of my eyes, right? I saw distant relatives, you know, in heaven saying, uh, right? <laughs> so I'm thinking, man, it's over. My legs are on fire, and I just wanted to quit. By this time, Mark was clued in on what was happening with me, and he began to say, you got this, man. You can do this. This is, this is I'm with you. We're going to get there. We're going to make it. We're headed to the finish line. You've got this. You can do it. Keep going. I'm saying, I don't think I can. Yes, you can. You can do this. Keep going. We've got this. You can make it. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. We got to the end of the race. You can see the, the, the big uh, kind of thing with the, 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 the finish line, big banner across it that says finish. We hit the parking lot, and I thought, well, I don't have to go all the way to that because, I mean, I've proven it by now. Yeah, I was trying to quit with the finish line inside. <laughs> so we went through the finish line, man, and, and, and you know, it was just an amazing feeling. But Mark was saying, you got this, you can do it, you can, you can do it, you can get this, you can make it, you can do it. I want you to know what Mark did for me in that race is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life every day. He's saying to you, you got this, you can do it, you're strong, you're an overcomer. Whatever the temptation is, you don't have to give into it. I'll give you the power, I'll give you the strength, keep going, keep walking, keep moving. See, that's what God wants to do inside of each and every single one of us, is he wants to give us that, that strength. See, the reality is, when it comes to temptation in our life, you can be strong for a little while. You can be strong for maybe even a season. You can have the, with, the, the ability to withstand temptation for a while. But eventually, though, if it keeps coming, and you're not prepared, and you're not prayed up and ready, you'll find yourself in a moment of weakness, and you'll end up doing something that you never intended to do. 
And see, usually in each of us, there's a certain area in our life that we just have a weakness in. It's an area that we struggle in, and we, we find ourselves really weak in that certain area of our life. And we ask ourselves, well, you know, why am I so weak here? If somebody messes up, they're going to say things along the lines of, you know what, I didn't want to gamble. I know that gambling's a problem. I know what happens when I do it in my life. But I just felt so weak at that moment. Another person will say, I mean, I didn't want to look at pornography. You know, I realized that it's messing my life up and it's, it's you know, doing all these terrible things and I didn't want to do it, but, but I just felt so weak in that moment. Another person will say, you know, I'm trying to eat better. And there it was, and it was like homemade and chocolate and layers of strawberries. And I didn't want to eat it all. <laughs> you know, but I felt so weak in that moment. Why is it that our flesh can be willing, uh, I mean, our spirit can be willing, but our flesh can be so weak? Well, the reason that we're often so weak is because we are not bonded with that which makes us strong. Now, I want to say that again, because I really, I, I want you to have a chance to write that down in your message notes. The reason we are often so weak is because we are not bonded with that which makes us strong. We're weak and vulnerable because we're not abiding in the vine, that place where we get our spiritual strength, so that we can produce fruit, not of our own power, but of the power of the Holy Spirit who comes in and gives us the strength and the hope and the purpose and the, the ability to keep moving when we feel like giving up or giving in. He gives us that strength. A few years ago, there was a very interesting study that was done by a guy named Bruce Alexander. He was a professor of psychology at uh, the University of Vancouver. And he did a study on addiction by taking rats and he placed them in a cage uh, and he put two bottles of water. One bottle was regular water. The other bottle was laced with either uh, cocaine or heroin. All right? And so he had those waters. And he wanted to study which one would the rats drink. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah, you got it exactly right. As you might have guessed, the rats ended up drinking the chemical laced water, and 100%, 100% of the rats overdosed. Every single one of them. He said that the conclusion was that we are chemically biased towards certain things in our life. And our neurological brain waves make us more vulnerable to certain things. And so we're just naturally going to be more easily addicted in those things. And we all know that science has proven that out to be kind of true in, in so many cases. But then he started thinking about the results of his study. And he, he had a thought. He said, wait a minute. All I did was give them two choices, regular water and chemical-infused water. I didn't give them anything else to bond with. So this is what he did. He decided to create what he called Rat Park, which is kind of like a Disney world for rats, right? He put in little balls that they could play with. There were little tunnels that they could crawl through. There were little spinny things, and, and there was cheese everywhere. If it was a male rat, he made sure he put a female rat in. So he gave them, you know, all these things that they could bond with. And then at the same time, he left the regular water up and the chemically laced water. Well, in the previous study, 100% of the rats overdosed. But guess what? In Rat Park, not one single rat overdosed on the chemical laced water. 
Suddenly, he had what he considered to be a breakthrough in the study of addictions, which is when we do not bond with that which makes us strong, we are incredibly vulnerable to the wrong desires we have. But on the other hand, when we are bonding with those things that make us healthy, when we are bonded with those things that make us strong, we are incredibly more resistant to those temptations, those addictions, those things that take us down. So what is it that makes us stronger? Now last week we studied uh, this and I was talking about, I gave you a, a sentence that I thought was really powerful and that is that whatever you feed grows and whatever you starve dies. Right, makes perfect sense. And so last week we talked about, we talked about uh, starving your fleshly nature, your fleshly spirit. Well, today I want to talk about the opposite, the flip side of that. I want to talk about feeding our spirit nature. I want my spirit to be connected with that which makes me strong because I know my flesh is weak and vulnerable. I also know that I can be strong for a little while, but after resisting and resisting, there's going to be a moment when I'm not as strong as I was and weakness sets in. So I want to be spiritually at my best. I want to be spiritually connected to the one who makes me strong because the one who makes me strong always gives me a way out. Always, every single time. He gives me a way out. So this morning, I want to talk about feeding our spirit and becoming strong spiritually so that we can withstand the weaker moments of our flesh. And I believe if you're a committed follower of Jesus Christ, these three things that I'm going to give you are absolutely essential for you to bond with the one who makes you stronger. They're absolutely essential to to growing strong and, and surviving. But here's the ground rules for this morning. I'm going to ask you to choose just one. To work on. There's three areas of focus, but I just want you to choose one of the three uh, just for now, just to start off. I don't want you working on all three because if you try to work on all three, you won't do any of them. All right? So I want you to just to pick one for now. You know, you master that one and go work on the other one, but just work on one. Now, you may be saying, well, you know, Robert, I really dig this stuff. I love getting into this stuff. I want to do two. No, I'm asking you to do one. All right? One. And at the end of this thing, I'm going to ask you, what is the area? Which area is the place where you need to most pursue God to connect with Him? So you can be spiritually strong and you can withstand the weaker moments of the flesh. How do we feed ourselves so that we can become spiritually strong? Three things. Here's the first one if you're taking notes. We're going to feed our spirits with prayer. Feed your spirit with intimacy towards God in prayer. Why? Well, because just like exercise makes the body strong, prayer makes the spirit strong. Let me say that again. Just like exercise strengthens your body, prayer strengthens your spirit. In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. He said, watch and do what? Somebody help me out. Watch and pray, pray so that you will not what? Right. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Prayer makes a difference. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. When Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray, they had been watching him pray, and they said, you know, would you teach us how to do this? And, and he started 
teaching them this thing called the Lord's Prayer. Well, in one part in there, he said, pray like this, Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me, set me free from evil. See, prayer is probably one of the greatest powers that you have to fight the temptation in your life. The prayer that strengthens your spirit. Watch and pray that you do not fall into temptation. Now, those words are very important. Fall into temptation. I think that's an important thought, you know. Uh, We fall into temptation. What did you do? I fell into sin. I fell into immorality. Nobody ever says, hey, you know, I fell into righteousness. Have you ever heard anybody say that? You never hear anybody say that, right? I was just walking along, and suddenly I tripped, and there I was. I was holy, man. It was unexplainable. It was so cool. It was just the best thing ever. No idea how. I didn't even plan it. I'm so righteous now, I can't even hardly stand myself. I mean, it's just like, no, it doesn't happen. You never see that. You trip and fall into temptation. But righteousness, listen to me, righteousness, right standing with God, comes through an intentional pursuit of God. It comes through pursuing him. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. One more time. Watch and pray. So that you do not enter into temptation. Jesus said this when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was right before he was getting ready to offer up his life on the cross. And he's praying and, 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 and he knew what was coming. And this is right after he had said, you know, if you're weak, then pray. He was hitting a moment where he he knew weakness was going to come and temptation was going to come. And so he went by himself to pray. And he said to God, God, if there's another way, take this cup from me. Now he was talking about the cup of suffering. He was talking about what he was getting ready to endure in that moment on the cross, what he was getting ready to take on. And not just the pain of the cross, but taking on the sins of the world. Can you even imagine? So he says to God, God, if there's any other way, there's any other way let's do it that way but then he prays the greatest prayer of submission ever he says nevertheless god not my will but your will be done remember in week two we talked about this idea of submission that the more submitted you are to god the stronger you're going to be in resisting temptation I just want to teach you a little something that can help you in in submitting yourself to God. This is something you can do. I do it. I try to do it daily. But it's something that you can do to kind of just help yourself with it. And that is basically just go from the head, the top of your head, down to your feet and just submit yourself to God. So it would start with something like this. God, I submit my mind to you. Lord, I I know sometimes I can think thoughts that are not of you. I want to take those thoughts captive according to your word. And Lord, I submit my mind to you. I want to think godly thoughts. So I give my mind to you. I submit my mind to you. Lord, I submit my eyes to you. I don't want to look on anything that, that, that is not pleasing to you. Lord, I submit my ears to you. I, I, I only want to, uh, to, to hear things that are consistent with your word. I submit my mouth to you so that my words would be there to build uh, other people up and to lift up your name. God, I submit my heart to you, which is deceitful above all things. But I ask you, Lord, to create in me a clean heart, a pure heart, a heart that has pure motives, and I want you to have that. God, I give you my hands that they would be used to build your kingdom. I skip the belly button, move on down. God, here's my feet. 
You know, I give you my feet. Help me to walk in the direction that you would have me to go. Lord, I submit my body to you. I submit my life to you so that I could be used by you. Guys, that's a powerful way to submit yourself and strengthen yourself in prayer. Now, I don't know what a prayer might look like for you or what you may need to pray, but maybe your prayer is this. Lord, lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil. God, make Christ in me stronger than these these desires, these wrong appetites that are in me. God, always give me a way out. Just pray. Pray from your heart. And listen to me. It doesn't have to be a perfectly crafted prayer. You've got the King James language all down. You know, you've got all the these and the thous in the right places. You know, all the perfect commas and, and everything. I mean, just everything's really well spoken because God's not going to, he's not going to judge that. He want, he's looking at your heart. So when you pray, some of the most powerful prayer times that I've ever had in my life have been riding in my truck. Or Vicky and I riding in the car together, and we're just praying. We're pouring out our heart to God and saying, God, this is what's going on in our life. And Lord, we need you. We need your wisdom. We need your strength. We need understanding of how to deal with this situation. And we're just crying out to God. See, all that matters is that you're just being honest and real. God, this is me. I, I just, I, this is what I'm dealing with. Lord, give me wisdom. Help me, to, help me to live a great story. Help me to live this thing out right and be the person that you've called me to be. All right? So pray. Pray. And then when you're done praying, pray a little bit more. Make prayer a part of your life and pray. Some of you now, as we're talking, this is your one thing. This is all you already know, prayer. That's the area that I need to work on. That's my one thing. So for you, you're done. You can check social media the rest of the message or, or you know, whatever you want to do. You know, man, I need to strengthen my prayer life. I need to get things right with God. I need to pray through some things. And I need to build my life and strengthen my spirit in prayer. That's you. Here's the second one. Second one is you need to feed your spirit with God's word. You need to feed your spirit with God's word. Now, I love the question that King David asked in Psalm 119, verse 9. He says this. He says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? What a great question. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? Notice he didn't say, well, you do it by living according to whatever culture says is cool and fun and good. You know, He doesn't say, well, by living according to what all your friends are doing. He doesn't say, well, by, you know, by living by whatever you see on Instagram or Pinterest or social media, whatever your social media platform is. No, what did he say? How do you stay pure? By living according to your, to your word. He said, God, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. And then he says, I've done what? I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. There was nothing that was made that was not made through him. In him was life, and that life is the light of the world. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. The word of God became flesh, and it dwelt among us. Or I like how it says it in the message translation. The the, the word became flesh and moved into our neighborhood. 
I love that. The Word became flesh, made His dwelling on us. We see His glory, uh, the glory of God the Father through Jesus Christ who became man full of grace and truth. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word of God is living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And when we talk about the armor of God, those times that you've heard me speak or you've read about the armor of God, the Word, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, that's our only offensive weapon that we have. It's the, the rest of them are all defensive. I mean, think about it. The helmet is defensive. The shield is defensive. The breastplate is defensive. Uh, the belt that holds your britches up, that's important, right? Uh, so, and then you've got the shoes. The only offensive weapon you have is the sword of the Spirit. It's the Word of God. That's exactly what Jesus used when he faced his weakest moments, his biggest points of temptation. You remember, he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and he had gone into the wilderness, and the devil came up and began to, to test him. And I was thinking, fasting, 40 days and 40 nights, and the, and the devil shows up, and he goes, hey, man, you've got to be hungry. 40 days and 40 nights? Wow, you've got to be starving. Why don't you take these rocks and make some bread? And Jesus said, it is written. Everybody say, it's written. It's written. He's, he's quoting the word. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Satan says, well, look, why don't you, why don't you take him up to this cliff? Why don't you throw yourself off the cliff? Because the word also says that he will give his angels charge over you and, and take care of you. And he says, it is written, man shall not test the Lord thy God. Satan says, well, why don't you bow down and worship me? If you bow down and worship me, I'll give you everything you see. And, and he goes, Jesus says, it is written, right? I will worship the Lord God and serve him only. You hide your word. You hide his word in your heart that I might not sin against you. Lord, your word is hidden in my heart. When temptation comes, that word is there to give me that strength and to give me that wisdom to, to, to do that. See, some of you, you're, you're probably thinking about this and going, yeah, man, you know, I, I would love to memorize Word and all that sort of stuff, but I'm not good at memorizing stuff. Don't give me that. Man, you know every line to your favorite movie. If we're talking about Tombstone, you're like, I'm your Huckleberry, right? If we're talking about Princess Bride, it's my name is Anita Montoya. You killed my father, prepared to die. You've memorized those things. You know, if you're a cook, you know your recipes. You've got them down in your head. You've got probably every stat on every player on your favorite team memorized. And you memorize what is important to you. And feed yourself on the Word of God. Just as the food strengthens your body, the living bread, the Word of God strengthens your spirit. Knowing God's Word feeds you. It strengthens you. It will change your life. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And my God is faithful. He will not let me be tempted beyond my ability to bear, but he will provide me and always give me a way out. Memorize the promises of the Bible. Hold on to them when you're tempted. Hold on to them when you're hurting. Hold on to them when you're discouraged. 
The Word of God will change your life. It'll transform your mind. It'll rewire your brain. Neuroscientists are finding this out to be true. They used to say that your brain was hardwired at about four or five years old. Now they said you can actually, they're finding out that the Word of God is actually true. You can transform your mind. You can rewire your brain. It's an incredible thing. Man, get the Word of God in your life to help you fight temptation. Some of you, this is your one. This is the one that you need to do. You know that you need to do it, you know. And you might say, well, you, you know, Robert, I just don't have time to read the Word. Oh, oh please. Again, you know, you can binge watch Netflix for hours, but you can't spend 30 minutes just getting in the Word and letting it give you strength, the strength to be able to overcome, you know. And you say, well, yeah, you know, but I don't, I don't like to read. Well, you know what? We live in a wonderful time. Technology is amazing. You can listen to it on your phone. You can listen to it on your computer. Vicki, every morning as she's getting ready, she's listening to the Word of God. She listens to it on the way to work. And you can listen to it. It's right there. There's never an excuse not to get the Word of God inside of you. And you may be saying, oh, you know what? This is just stupid preacher talk. No, listen to me. It's living bread. It's the bread of life. It's what strengthens you spiritually. It transforms your mind. It takes the trash of this world out of your life and it replaces it with something better, the eternal truth of the living God. It strengthens you spiritually. You need it. It's your sword. It's your offensive weapon. Some of you, you're trying to live a victorious life without a weapon. Without a weapon. You need to feed on his word. It'll strengthen you spiritually and you can fight back against the attempts of the evil one. So what are we going to do? Well, we're not just going to get physically in shape. We're going to get spiritually strong. Our spirit person is growing. We are growing intimate with him in prayer, and we are growing stronger and renewing our mind through his word. All right, here's the third one. All right, third thing we're going to do is we're going to feed our spirit with the right people. We're going to feed our spirit with the right people. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33 and 34. Paul is really direct in this verse. He's not pulling any punches. He's not trying to be politically correct. He says, don't be misled. In other words, if Paul is saying, don't be misled, it's because it's so easy for us to get misled. All right? So he's saying, don't. Don't do that. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad, co bad company corrupts good character character. Then he says, come back to your senses as you ought and what? Say it with me. Stop sinning. Stop. Cut it out. Just stop doing it. Don't go there. Stay away from it. Stop hanging out with the wrong people that are going to bring you down and getting caught up in that which destroys you. We have to understand this. Being around the wrong people never helps you do the right thing. But say it again. Being around the wrong people Never help you do the right thing. Quite honestly, some of you, you need some friendship upgrades. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't mean if you go to them and say, sorry, you didn't make the cut. You know, I'm upgrading. <laughs> no, don't do that. But in theory, that's kind of what you're doing, really. I remember when I first became a believer, uh, I was playing in a rock and roll band, and my friends, most of them were all, you know, heavy drinkers and doing other stuff, illegal substances and all that kind of stuff. And I was doing it right along with them. And I just thought, man, I can't do that anymore. I've given my heart to Christ. And so I went and did one of the hardest things I'd ever done in my life to that point, 
was I went and sat down with my friends one by one, and I said, hey, I want you to know I love you. You will always be my friend, but I've given my heart to Christ, and, and there's certain things that I'm not going to do anymore. I, I'm turning my life around. He's giving me the strength to do that. And because of that, man, I just can't hang out with you right now. I mean, it's not that I don't love you. It's not that I don't care about you. If you ever need me, I'm there. But I've got to make some changes in my life. Now, what might that look like for you? Well, if you're overcoming an alcohol addiction and it's Friday night, you may not want to go to the bar and hang out with your old friends. You might go, okay, that's not, that's not going to work for me. If you're struggling with lust, don't go to the strip clubs with your friends. Even if you're not struggling with lust, don't go to the strip clubs. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I knew that didn't come out quite right. Yeah. This stuff is absolutely critical. Who you hang out with is so important. We did a whole series on this not too long back called The Fine Art of Neighboring, and we talked about a lot of different things. We talked about friendship and all that sort of stuff. You can listen to it online. But man, you need the right people around you, people who will sharpen you and strengthen you, who will speak in your life, who, who care enough about you to tell you the truth and will call it like it is. Man, you need the right friends. I want to tell you, I'm so happy. I've got some amazing friends, some right here in this church, many in this church, and some outside of it. I've got some great pastor friends that I hang out with and people that I've got that are in my life that I can call and say, hey, this is what I'm struggling with or I'm dealing with something. Can I talk to you about something? This is what I'm going through right now. Can you pray for me? And here's what's interesting. I used to think that everybody had this. I used to think that everybody had at least a couple of people that they could call and be really transparent with, that they could call and they could confess a sin or talk about a temptation. But what I've learned is it's actually quite rare. I'll tell you why so many people get in trouble. It's because sin grows best in the dark. There's something about when you can go to somebody and say, hey, you know what, here's what I almost did. Here's what I'm thinking about. Here's what, here's what almost happened. Someone who loves you enough to say, hey, you know what? That's twice in the last three months. Let's, let's make some changes. Let's do some things a little bit differently. Let's change the way we're handling things. Someone who will say to you, look, I'm not, I'm not going to judge you, but let's deal with this issue. Let, let's get really serious about it. Someone who can lovingly bring the heat into your life, lovingly in the name of Jesus. We're not going to go back there. God has something better for you. Let's take it a step up. You can, you can do this. You can do it. You can do it. You can overcome this. Whatever it is that you're fighting with, you can do this. You're stronger. You're an overcomer. I'll be there with you. I'm going to help you walk through this. You can do this. You can overcome it. You can beat it. You need those kind of friends in your life. There's some of you right now, you're lacking that depth of spiritual community. It's one of the reasons we have small groups here at Coast because we need each other. Listen, the church is not something we go to. We're the body of Christ, and we're a family. We're vulnerable without each other. When we come together, we are strengthened as we worship together. We are strengthened as we open up and we care for each other in groups. We're strengthened when we do life together. So the three things, prayer, the life-changing Word of God, having the right friendships, these things bring so much strength into our life. They bring the voice of the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, keep moving, keep going. You can overcome. 
You can beat this. You can do this. You are an overcomer. No temptation. No, no temptation has seized you except what is common to mankind. We're all crazy vulnerable. We're all just moments away from doing something that could be totally destructive in our life. But here's the deal. God is faithful. He's faithful. He will never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. No matter what it is, no matter how big it seems, when you are tempted, our God will give you a way out. So why don't we take that way out more often? It's because we're weak. We're so weak. We're so terribly, terribly weak. Why are we so weak? Because we're not connected to that which makes us strong. Because the reality is when we're in Rat Park, when we're in God's way, doing God's life God's way, and when we're bonded with people, when we're strengthened in prayer, when we're fed and, and eating his word and all of that, then when we're weak, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And he becomes everything we need. Our God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but will always provide for you a way out. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much as we come before you now in prayer. We ask, Father, that the Holy Spirit would encourage us, that it would stir us up. And God, I know that there's some people right now that recognize Man, spiritual freedom, friendships, that's the one for them. That's the one they need. That's their one. They don't have that. And it's not going to happen by accident. So here's what I want to do all over this room. I'm going to ask you right now just to decide which one of these things is yours. And I'm going to ask you to commit. And here's what I want you to do. I'm going to ask you, everybody, open your eyes, heads up, everybody looking around so that we've got accountability in this. All right? I'm going to ask you, which one is yours? For those of you that would say, it's prayer, lift your hand up right now. I just want to see it. It's prayer. Prayer is my one. That's the one I need to work on. I've got to get better at it. Man, I've got to, I've got to pray so that I can pray. Right? I've got to pray to pray better. All right? Thank you for those hands. Put those down. Some of you say, man, for me, it's time in the Word. That's the one I need. I've got to have that. Man, all over the room. Man, time in the Word. I've got to just, I've got to need to feed on that living Word, the bread of life. Those of you that say, you know what, for me it's an upgrade of friends. Can I see your hand? Yeah. A little bit less, but some of you, I mean, I know that's some things that I've got to change. I need some spiritual strength around me. All right, great. Honest. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. Now bow your heads one more time and let's pray. Father, I thank you today that everybody here is calling out to you, that you, God, that you would plant deep within our spirit a hunger, for one of these things, and eventually all of these things. God, just like exercise might not be fun at first, but after a while we start to see the benefits and we fall in love with it. Just like eating right may not seem fun at first, but after a while we actually develop an appetite for these things. We pray, Lord, that you would develop our appetite for that which would make us stronger. That, God, those who need to pray, Lord, they would fall in love with prayer. Those of you that raised your hands to, about prayer, and I'm praying that you will fall in love with prayer, that you would actually become passionate about praying. And that the more you pray, the more you want to. And the more you pray, the more you see the successes that come from that prayer time. And I pray that God will bless that time of prayer in your life. Lord, for those 
who raised their hand and said they are inconsistent in your word. Father, I pray that your word would speak to them daily and not out of duty, Lord, but out of delight, out of devotion. They would feed on the word of God. God, I thank you for those that need the right friends. They're in a place right now where those friends are available. Lead them to the right people who would empower them to do the right things. But God, we are thankful that you are faithful, that you always give us a way out. And God, I pray that when we are weak, that your Holy Spirit would make us strong. God, help us to feed our spirit, that our spirits would be strong enough to overcome the weakness of our flesh. God, we thank you that people will be healed in your presence as you give us, God, the way out. As we just take a moment and continue in prayer, there are some of you maybe that you recognize that spiritually this is almost like a foreign language to you, right? What does it mean to be spiritually strong? You don't even know what it means to stand spiritually with God. In John chapter 3 in the Bible, Jesus says you must be born again. Now what does that mean? What does it mean to be born again? Well, you were born physically, you were born one time, but the reality is God wants you to be born a second time. Not just born physically, but born again spiritually. See, the truth is, is we're spiritually dead without Christ. Our sin nature kills our spirit. We are born spiritually dead, but when we call on the name of Jesus by grace, because of what Jesus did, spiritually we become brand new. We're born a second time. We're not just born physically. We're born spiritually. Suddenly, our spirit is connected with God. We can talk to God. We can hear from God. We can be filled with the Spirit, and we are never alone. We're, we're, we're never just on our own. There may be some of you this morning that you recognize that you have a deep spiritual need, and perhaps what you need is to be born spiritually. And here's what happens. When you call in the name of Jesus, your sins will be forgiven. You will be made completely new. Your sins are gone. The Bible says he removes them as far as the east is from the west. And maybe that's you today. You need a spiritually, you need a new life. You need his grace. You need his forgiveness. Call on him and he will make you new. And if you, that's you and you say, that's me. I need his grace. I need to surrender my life to him. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I see you. I see you. I see you. Would you pray this prayer with me right where you are? Pray, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit so I can know you, so I can serve you, so I can follow you. I submit my life completely to you. My life is not my own. It's all yours, God. Thank you for new life now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give God a hand? So here's my prayer for you. My prayer is that you'll take one of those things and you'll begin to work on it in your life. And when you've got it, you'll move on to the, the next, the second one, the one that it was, would have been your second choice, and then to your third, until you've mastered those things. 
And what's going to happen, I promise you, is you're going to find yourself strengthened in God. And you're going to find some of those things that were persistent temptations that just don't even, just don't even catch your interest anymore. That God will begin to change the way you think and the way you see yourself. And you can live the victorious life. Amen? Hey, a couple of quick things before you go. Next weekend at Coast, think of somebody that you can invite to come join you. I know it's summer and people are traveling and gone and on vacation, but think of somebody that you can invite to come and join you next week. Uh, you'll hear a very special message called Playing Favorites. It's based off of, of uh, John, or not John, James chapter 2, so don't miss that. And then in two weeks, I'm really excited about this. I'm beginning a brand new series called the rhythm of life. I don't know about you, but I talk to so many people who are overwhelmed. It just seems like there's a thousand things going all the time. They're overwhelmed everywhere they turn, whether it's finances or, or life or busyness or, or whatever. And so we're going to be talking about margin, the rhythm of life. You're not going to want to miss it. I'm telling you, it's going to be a, I'm really, I'm just so excited about this series. So that starts in two weeks. Well, I want to pray one more prayer, a prayer of blessing as you go. It's one of my great joys as a pastor to send you out each week into a blessing because church doesn't just stop because the service is over. We're the church wherever we go, amen? And so this is my blessing that I speak over every, every week. Raise your hands. Father, thank you for every person that's here. I pray that you bless them this week in all that they do, that you would pour your spirit out upon them, that you would give them wisdom in all that they do, that they would walk in wisdom according to your word. Give them favor in the eyes of people that they come in contact with. Let your anointing be on their life. Father, I pray that you would give them divine opportunities that they could tell somebody else the story of what you've done in their life And Lord, I bless them and thank you for them in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great, great week.